thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so thrilled to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been having such a good time. I tell you what, there is no ride like the word ride. I tell you. How many times do people, you know, you see them at the amusement parks and they get on those fast rides. They, ooh, they got their hands up and they're hollering. We're doing the same thing. Ooh, we got our hands up because the word gives you the best ride in life. Amen. We've been teaching on the mind and uh, we've been taking as our golden text. I hope you have it memorized by now or driven into your heart in a greater way. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us something else. He's given us power. We could say this, authority, anointing, all of those are displays of power. But he's given unto us power, love, and the God love. Amen. Not just human love, the God kind of love. And then the third thing, he has given us a sound mind. And you need to start saying that, I got a sound mind. <laughs> That's part of our inheritance in Christ. It belongs to us. Amen. And there's a way a sound mind thinks. There are, there are the thoughts that belong to a sound mind. Just like there are, there's a certain way of thinking that an unsound mind has, there are ways of thinking that a sound mind has. And a, and a sound mind takes the thoughts of the Word and we have to recognize what is not going to feed my sound mind or what is going to feed my sound mind because I want to stay in the flow of a sound mind. Why? A sound mind is a peaceful mind. It's a joyful mind flow. Right. Amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, how many of you know fear doesn't give you a sound flow? Yeah, that's right. Doubt doesn't give you a sound flow. Uh, worry and anxiety and panic, they don't give you a sound flow. Right. And so God offers us his uh, sound flow. It belongs to us, Amen. but we have to lay hold of it. And you lay hold of it by being a doer of the word. Yes. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter four, we want to go back there in the amplified classic is I'm reading this verse out of that. And uh, I so appreciate this because this was a rescue verse for me at a time of great testing. And this is what God showed me and pointed me toward and said, this is what you need to practice on. How many of you know the word has to be practiced? And that happens over time. I mean, we don't just grow up in the word overnight. You can't go faster than grace can take you, you know, but you have to practice and grow and develop. Mm -hmm. And so Philippians 4, verse 11, the Amplified Classic, uh, Paul writes and he says, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point 
where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. Right there is a renewed mind. Right there is a sound mind. Why? It refuses to be troubled by what is in what's opposing it. It refuses to be disturbed by circumstances that are surrounding it. Because we have to remember, Paul was sitting in a prison. And I guarantee you, they didn't have the prisoner rights that have been won today for prisoners. I mean, back then, if, if nobody brought you food, you didn't get food. If nobody brought you personal care items, you didn't get them. They weren't something supplied. They weren't supplying you with activity and exercise and, you know, different things that, that, we, that we give to those in prison today. He was, I'm talking about, this was roughing it, roughing it bad. Amen. I mean, this was no frills, no frills. And he says, and I'm not, and I'm not disturbed. I'm not disquieted. He was not waiting for his circumstances and his setting to change before he said this and before he lived it. And this is uh, victory and faith is not waiting for everything around us to be right because everything in us is right. The fruit of the spirit that's in us, that's right. The power of God that's in us, the anointing of God that's in us. So we're drawing out what's in us and we're causing the force of what's in us to flow out and dominate circumstances and that affects the, the place those circumstances have. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. If we're disturbed, it's a sign that our attention's on the wrong thing. If we're troubled, it's a sign that we've got our attention on something other than what God says. You can't think about what God says and be disturbed. You can't. And I tell you what, when you need a miracle, especially when you need a miracle, you can't have room for anything else but what God says. In your thought life, in your conversation, in your fellowship. I tell you what, when you're in fellowship, it matters when you're believing God. It matters who's in your fellowship. Uh, You can't fellowship with people of uh, doubt that don't believe and don't value the word that you value. Now, when I'm talking about fellowship, I'm not talking about you you can be kind, you can be courteous, you can be uh, hospitable. But I'm talking, when I'm talking about fellowship, I'm talking about someone who speaks into your life. Yes, yes, yes. When there is a when there is a, an exchange that you speak into their life, they speak into your life, and you enjoy a sweet fellowship of that. Who's in your fellowship needs to love what you love, yeah. honor right. what you honor, right. believe what you believe, right. value what you value. Yes. Yes. Amen. I'm going to jump ahead because I, I didn't intend to go this way, but since the Holy Ghost has led us this way, we're going to jump this way. Um. To have a mind that is sound, to protect that sound mind, to to walk free from circumstances dominating you, you're going to need help. The help of the Word, the help of the Holy Spirit, but also the help of right fellowship. Very good. Amen. You can't just hang out with anybody and arrive at the right place. That's That's why the local church you attend is so important. It is life and death what church you attend because based on what they're teaching you, 
Many grow up attending church that doesn't teach them the things of truth. Right, right. It doesn't teach them who they are in Christ, you know, because they don't know many times. But to grow up, you're going to have to, get, you're going to, have to come into greater knowledge. Amen. 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 Attending a church that teaches the word because that's the place that's going to assist you in the renewing of the mind process. Amen. Amen. Our lives are not transformed until our, until our, in, unless we're renewing our minds. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Transformed. He's, talk, he's talking, Paul is writing and he's talking to Christians. Even though they're born again, he's saying your life needs transforming. And then he goes on and he says, but be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of your minds. The local church is part of that process. Now, attending church does not renew your mind, but it offers you the instruction so that you can renew your mind. Just sitting in church doesn't renew the mind, but you're hearing the truth that will renew your mind. Renewing the mind involves the doing of the word because there's people who attend church and they don't do anything they hear. And so although they heard truth, it did not, it didn't transform anything. You have to be a doer of the word. When you're believing God, and you need miracles in your life. Fellowship matters. Yes. Fellowship can, yes. your fellowship can talk you in or, your, or out of your miracle. In the local church should be your highest fellowship. That's where you should find your highest fellowship. You can have friends at work. I'm not saying you can't have friends at work, but your highest fellowship is being around those who honor what you honor. Yes those who love what you love, those who partake of what you partake of, and that's the word. Amen. Amen. And so uh, guard your fellowship when you need a miracle. There have been times that um, I know this. I I remember even stories of my husband talking about when he pastored a church in the 70s um, before we met and married. And he was a pastor of a church, and there was a, a woman who was, uh, I, I believe if I remember correctly, she was in a, a, a car wreck and they gave her up to die. And her husband and her were attending my husband's church and so they were hearing mm-hmm. what belonged to them in Christ, that Jesus is a healer, that God's a miracle worker. They were hearing these truths. They were hearing the truths mm-hmm. of faith and learning that they have a part to play mm-hmm. in their own miracle. Yeah. God doesn't work a miracle sure. apart from you. When you need a miracle, he includes you and involves you. He gives you something to obey. He gives you something to feed on. He gives you something to say. He gives you something to believe. He gives you something to exercise authority over. Amen. The power is his, but we are co-laborers with God is what the word says. And so this couple recognized that that she could be raised up, that she could be healed. Well, she had family who did not attend their church. And I don't know if her family was born again or not, but their minds were not being renewed. And so they would come in and cry and they were, you know, you can understand. It's hard on the emotions when you don't know what to think, when you haven't been taught. 
And so they were coming in in desperation and begging God for miracles and, you know, all of this, but they weren't doing it in faith. And so God can't flow through fear. He's not a, his power, fear is not a conductor of God's power. Faith is a conductor of God's power. Worry is not a conductor of God's power. And so uh, even though, uh, you know, of course they wanted the, they wanted their daughter, their family member to recover there. They didn't know enough to cooperate with God. And so uh, the husband put on my, my husband, her pastor put on preaching tapes and had them just going. Mm -hmm. And the family members would come in and they, they didn't know, they didn't understand these teachings. So they'd turn it off, you know? And so the husband would come back in and find out they turned them off. And finally the husband had to kick her family out of the hospital room because he says, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get a miracle from my wife. At the time you need a miracle, you sometimes have to put, you you just got to put God's word first instead of relationships first. That's true. That's so true. I'm not saying be unkind. I'm not saying be rude. I'm not saying to to diminish people and how, you know, saying you don't know enough, so get out. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that. But he had to, to save his wife's life. He had to protect his fellowship, even from those who loved her. Someone may love you, but it doesn't mean they have faith for you. It doesn't mean they're adding their faith to you. It can be that they're, that they're loving you so much that they're drawing you away from because their love is limited in knowledge. They don't know enough. They love you, but without the knowledge of the word, their love for you is drawing you into a pit of feelings and circumstances many times. And so to live undisturbed and to live troubled and to receive miracles in our lives, we have to protect our fellowship. And so the highest fellowship should be found in your local church. But what if you don't have one? You're missing a supply that comes. Now, I understand that sometimes people are unable to even get out. You know, they're homebound. Thank God for television networks, especially like Victory Channel. Thank God for you can get online and watch sermons. Mm -hmm. Thank God for that. But for those who are physically capable, we cannot dismiss Mm -hmm. the role of the local church because there's going to come a time that we're going to need the faith of someone else to agree with us. Amen. 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 And you say, Pastor Nancy, I don't have the, I can't get out. I don't have someone. I I want you to know that your faith in God will deliver you. It will deliver you. But it's always nicer when you have someone that holds your hands up like they did Moses' hands. You know, Aaron and, and Joshua held up his hands in a time of conflict. He wasn't there all by himself holding up his hands in the time of battle. He had others to assist. The fellowship of faith will refresh you in your race and in your standing for your miracle. It will refresh you. And uh, many times people have not been taught the value and the role of the local church, the importance of it. But I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 9. 
Matthew chapter 9 because I have, I, I pastored for 25 years. Our church now is being pastored with the help of my children. That The church is still going on. I preach in it, but I'm not primarily here every service. But I pastored for 25 years and I saw what happened in the lives of those who knew the role of the local church in their life and the role and what happened to those who did not value the role of the local church in their life. I've seen what happens. Over 25 years, you have a time to observe. And I want you to see something, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and verse 36. Now, this is the Amplified Classic translation. Verse 35, and it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues. Where was Jesus teaching? In church. He did teach among the people, but not all of his teaching was among the people in public. He taught also in the church. And if you didn't go to church, you were going to miss a lot of what he said. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. Look at this, and curing all kinds of disease and every weakness and infirmity. So notice the condition of these people. They have all kinds of disease, every weakness and infirmities. Notice their condition. Verse 36, when he saw the throngs, he was moved with pity and sympathy for them. Or another would be compassion is what the King James says. Why? Because they were bewildered, harassed, and distressed, and dejected and helpless. Wow. That's not positive. (laughs) Why are they in that condition? The next phrase tells us, like sheep without a shepherd. Why? They didn't have the assist of the anointing of a shepherd. They were not only... Now, the King James says that they they fainted and they were scattered. Fainted and scattered. The Amplified, though, goes on and tells us more explicitly describing their condition. They were bewildered. Bewildered. What's that mean? They don't know what's next. They don't know what to do. What direction do I go with my life? They don't even know what race to be running. Next, they're harassed. That's torment. Harassment is an ongoing combativeness against you. Harassed. Ongoing. Distressed. What's that mean? Without hope. They're, they feel hopeless. They're dejected. What's that? Pushed down. Another thing, helpless. No one's helping them. Why? They didn't have a shepherd. Didn't have a shepherd. Not only that, they were sick with every kind of sickness, every kind of disease. Sometimes people are sick for one reason. They don't have a pastor. That's so true. They don't have a pastor. They don't have a pastor. Why? Because a pastor is anointed to feed the healing word to you. Amen. In a church that honors Jesus as healer, you'll have healings. Yes. Yes. 
That's why you want to go to a church that honors him as healer. Honors him as healer. Amen. So notice their condition. And Jesus, it's, he recognized why they were that, this way. They were sheep without a shepherd. Can you imagine one lone sheep? Just think about it. If you're a lone sheep, because if you're born again, you are a sheep in God's pasture. But he's given shepherds. He's the owner of the sheep, but he's given shepherds for the care of the sheep. Yes. Amen. Say, God, God, God's my shepherd. Yeah, Jesus is the head shepherd. Yes. Absolutely. Jesus is the head shepherd. He owns us. Yes. We were bought with a price. Yes. But because he cares about his sheep, he gave us pastors yes. so that sheep are not wandering the hillside as prey on any wild thing that comes by. Yes. There is encompassed in the pastoral office an anointing to protect the sheep, to feed the sheep, to direct the sheep, lead the sheep. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, I'm a sheep. I've always had a shepherd. I've always had a shepherd. I grew up in a local church. My mother made sure that we were in church every time the doors opened. I always had a shepherd. Amen. Then when I got saved, as I grew older, we weren't taught salvation in our church, but we had a local church Yes, because we had, because my mother put in us the good habit of church attendance. Listen to that. The good habit of church attendance. Some people attend church, but they don't have a good habit. They attend randomly. What you do randomly, you're faltering on on your habit. A a good habit is a consistent habit. And so my mother instilled in us a good habit of church attendance. So when, although we weren't taught salvation in our church, every, all, all four kids of us within a year of leaving home, every one of us were born again. Why? Because my mother had instilled a habit of church attendance. So when we all went off to college and we got, we left home to go to college, the first thing we did was look for a church because it was our habit. And God could easily lead us to a church that taught us salvation. And all four of us were saved and filled with the Holy Ghost within a year of leaving home. Every single one of us. Why? Even though we weren't raised in a church that taught us that, we had the habit that God could now work on. And and with that habit, he could direct that habit to a church that would bring us into greater light. So then, of course, and then three of us were pastors. Three of the four children. So a good church habit matters. Amen. 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 So um, when I got saved, of course, when, when I met my husband, I was attending a church. When I was single, living by myself, I attended a church. And then, of course, my husband and I, we got saved and I was in the full-time ministry. But even as a pastor, I had a pastor. Right. Why? I need someone to speak into my life. Why? This self-taught business is risky. <laughs> I don't want to just be self-taught. You say, well, I got the Holy Ghost. Yes, but... The thing is, is he uses men too to, yeah. to speak through. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. And he will speak through our pastor, the mouth of our pastor to answer the needs for our life. And many times people are sitting at home saying, God, I need help. Speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. And he's saying, you weren't at church. I was speaking at church and you weren't there. Where were you? Because he does speak to us through this wonderful office of the pastor. Amen. Amen. And it's for our safety. Now, people will say, people will say, Jesus is all I need. You're going to have to qualify that statement. Jesus is all you need for your redemption. But if Jesus was all you needed for your spiritual growth and development, then why did he give apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, pastors, teachers? If Jesus was all we needed. Jesus is all you need for your redemption, but he gave gifts to men because for our spiritual development, we need these fivefold offices and primarily the office of the pastor. Why primarily the office of the pastor? Because the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist and teacher are primarily traveling offices. The pastor is the one that lives with the sheep. He's there when they need help. He's there when they, they, they need someone to pray. He's there to teach them. The traveling ministries are not the ones that are going to be present all the time. Thank God for traveling ministries. I'm in the traveling ministry. I travel. But I know this, somebody has to stay with the sheep. That's why I so value the office of the pastor, to stay with the sheep. And many times people have troubled minds for one reason. They don't have a pastor. I have a pastor. Um, I want to tell an incident that happened um, with Dad Hagen. Brother Hagen was our spiritual father for decades. What's that mean? Someone that we listened to, yeah. that spoke into our life, that yeah. we made ourselves accountable to. Right. He was one day, um, he was walking through there at Rama, their ministry headquarters. They had a prayer school and they had a healing school. And he said, we had accidentally slipped into counseling people. They didn't have a church at the time. They just had the prayer and healing school. Their job was to pray and their job was to minister on healing. They slipped into counseling. And uh, so one day he was walking down the hall and God said to him, he said, why are you counseling? He said, well, people have needs. He said, then they need to go to their pastor. And he said, and if they don't have a pastor, that is their problem. Listen to that. If they don't have a pastor, that is their problem. Now, I might think finances are their problem or health, but not having a pastor is the problem. And that's what Matthew 9 said. Jesus said they were in this condition because they didn't have a shepherd. Thank God for the local church. Thank God for the pastor. It's the place that helps us in this renewing of the mind process so we can live with a sound mind. Well, these are some of the things we're teaching out of this book on peace, living free from worry. So we invite you to get your copy. You can go to frameministries.org and get your copy. And uh, until we see you next time, remember, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Nancy Dufresne teaches how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt in this book about the peace of God. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org.
Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023, with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.